0: And it occurred to me that Mm -hmm. this is a male category. It's a category for men, okay? To differentiate between unused women, virgins, people who are being used, married, Mm -hmm. and people who have already been used, i.e. Janda. Mata Archery. we don't care. Men are saying, she's used. I think we should probably get away from this. I don't think it's a very good self-perception for women Mm -hmm. to consider themselves either unused, being used, or already used.
1: So just use the word woman. Hi, I'm Tanya. Welcome to another episode of janda, janda Podcast. Today, we have an anthropologist on the show. She is Frances boden Effendi. So everybody, okay. let's welcome um, Frances on the show. She is an anthropologist Janda, just like me. She Probably is,
0: not just like you. but
1: <laughs> No, she's very special. very unique. Um, nope. and she is in Bandung, and she is a professor at ITB, and she teaches marketing, and that's a great deal of her life's work is in marketing. And we have had a conversation before this, and especially on our thoughts about anthropology and how useful it is on our daily lives without even knowing, mainly the way that we view the world or how we can empathize with others with how they view the world. And that's been the biggest gift of learning anthropology. Would you say that that's correct, Francis?
0: I would. Um, I, I think I made that comment to you because you said something like, you've never used anthropology. And I said, I'll bet that's wrong. I'll bet you use it every yeah. day.
1: Um, I said, well, I, I don't know how useful that education was relative to my line of work today, of course. I'm suggesting, I'm suggesting that that's not very, true. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I was also suggesting to you at the time and still maintain that anthropology is a mindset and not a skill set. Mm-hmm. If you take archaeology courses, if you take ethnography courses, uh, it can become a skill set. But I discovered I did some archaeological work mm-hmm. and I found it very, very hard on my skin. Uh, I sunburned very easily. I didn't like getting my nails dirty or my hands dirty. And that is not something that you can take to archaeology. I loved it. I loved the treasure hunt part of it. But I realized this was not going to be a skill set that I would master. Uh, So I needed to find another application.
1: Ethnography for sure is a skill set. Ethnography for those listening is the basically you're studying a culture. You're being an observer. Your inter- there's an interview skill component to it, and then there's the report afterwards of what you observe. So in that sense, that's actually very practical. My first job straight out of college was a reporter for Agence France-Presse. And of course, as a reporter, all you do is just observe, and then you report what you saw. So that's um, another way of um, uh, yeah, ethnography. I think,
0: I think uh, both as a journalist and as an anthropologist or a teacher, yeah. um, the thing to recognize in ethnography and questioning is not only an innate curiosity, maybe mm-hmm. even being nosy would be a better word than being curious, uh, but it requires something called participant observer, recognizing that just asking a question and just being mm-hmm. you is already creating a bias. Already there is a there is right. a bias going on, yeah. understanding how to to move past the bias or to right. at least interpret what part is biased and what part is not.
1: Right. Well, that's um, a very honest and uh, important part about ethnographies is that there's always a lens that, through which the uh, anthropologist presents and how the report ends up. So to bring it back to our podcast, to this show of Gender bachanda which we've discussed is both widow and divorcee, is that uh, on the Gender bachanda podcast, we take a lot, a lot at personal development. And so there's a lot of self-reflection and in the Gender bachanda podcast for the listeners of what happened in that relationship, what happened in our marriage, why did it end or how did it end um, if it were in the case of a divorce. And so... Uh, from that particular note, it's not unlike the anthropologist that's observing an event, although in this particular case it's your marriage you're you're observing that and so that is actually a skill in terms of being able to reflect uh, be it an event that happens outside of you or whether it's happening with you in that context so it doesn't um, carry a lot of value perhaps I was um is underplaying a little bit, and the fact that I've chosen now a career path as a podcaster is probably an extension of my interest in being nosy, <laughs> as you put it. A professional, yeah. uh, we are professional uh, nosy, people. nosy people. I'm
0: curious, I've, I've almost become a professional janda at this point. Uh, this is my second time <laughs> to be interviewed as a janda, okay. and I never considered it a life work, so this is something that kind of exploring myself and been thinking about myself, right? Uh, to kind of self identify as a janda because people are apparently identifying me as a janda. It was never a category that I thought about. Okay. But I was very curious when I first heard the word to okay. understand in Bahasa Indonesia that in, there is there are two words. It's not just janda. It's janda chere, janda mati. And so in Indonesian, we actually differentiate between widows and divorcees. In English, we don't. You are a widow or you are a divorcee. Mm-hmm. uh it doesn't it's not it's not a category then okay. for another podcast with irian i learned that in the united states tax code you were only adjuncted for two years after mm-hmm. that you're considered single by the by the internal revenue services mm-hmm. which i also thought was interesting because as far as i know i'm going to be adjunct for the rest of my life mm-hmm. but not the Akui by the tax people in the united states so that also caused me to consider what is the motivation here why are we making these why do these rules occur and it occurred to me that mm-hmm. this is a male category. It's a category for men, okay, to differentiate between unused women, virgins, youth, people who are being used, married, mm-hmm. and people who have already been used, i.e. Janda, not to we don't care. Men are saying, she's used. I think we should probably get away from this. I don't think it's a very good self-perception for women mm-hmm. to consider themselves either unused, being used, or already used.
1: So just use okay. the word woman. Either yeah, it's Yeah, I'm a woman. Either.
0: I'm yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Well, What do you think about that? It's absolutely correct that it's that portion of it that you are somehow used or not used yet. And there is also and we're there's talking
0: sexually. We're, not, we're talking sexually. We're
1: not talking right. socially.
0: We're talking we're used sexually or not used sexually or we're being used sexually. Okay? And, un-
1: so and unfortunately, unfortunately that identification. Right. Um, I'm of the school of thought of, you know, life gives you lemon, you make lemonades out of them. And to if, and if somebody wants to uh, as, you know, there is the category now that I am part of, which is the janda, and I am category of both cerai hidup and cerai mati. It's not, the, in the KTP, it's not janda hidup or janda mati, it's cerai hidup or cerai mati, actually. It's very interesting that there is a cerai mati because there is no divorcing from death, but that is actually what's written now. When people ask you whether you're janda hidup, or janda, um, janda, janda hidup or janda mati, it's just them trying to ascertain whether your husband had passed away or whether you had divorced him, and that's more of a um, cultural, Nosiness in terms of trying to um, interview someone. Tanya, that, that has to do with sexuality. Oh, no, I, I, no, no, I understand yeah, that absolutely. completely. No, no, you're talking already yeah. specifically whether you're janda yeah. or janda mati. Of course, if when you're a janda, that means you, presumably you've had sex with your husband, right? Right, or and or somebody. So uh, I was talking about whether when somebody's asking you whether you're janda terai or janda mati that specifically they're wanting to know what happened to your story.
0: When I was growing mm-hmm. up and my parents and my fa- our family values was one to a customer, you do not get divorced, that's it. Uh, we did have a divorce mm-hmm. in our family and it was very, very difficult, very difficult for, mm-hmm. for my parents to accept uh, the divorce of my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, she, it took her a long time to get divorced because the family value of non-divorce was so strong in our, in our mm-hmm. family and our particular right. social group. Um, and when I got here, you didn't hear about people being divorced, or at least I didn't. People didn't identify as divorced. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kinda of where I learned this word janda, where I realized, mm-hmm. oh, well, you can say janda. Uh which I think in even some cases, older women who were never married and never had a husband mm-hmm. also use janda as a way to say, I am older but I'm not married. Without oh, that's saying, unusual. I'm not married that's unusual. I never got married. No.
1: no, if they're no a spinster, then that's not then that's not common to self-title self-label as um janda
0: what's the word spinster in indonesian but there's yeah. no no real category we don't have a word for
1: it no indonesians have not had never created the pejorative for spinsters yet. right right they typically say them they typically say it in a whisper i see i see so it's, it's still okay. a, it's still a pejorative <laughs> it's still pejorative because yeah, it, i guess the sentiment that you have now that you're we Coming back, how, how I discovered you is through the Irene Efren podcast, and Irene, of course, um, has already been interviewed in this podcast, and her interview just went live last week, so anybody anyone who wants to hear the full interview with Irene Efren, you can go check that out, and also check out Irene Efren podcast for her interview with Francis. Now, your particular um, comment is actually... Why the term gender and why be categorized by it? Why, why succumb to that labeling in the first place when we have every um every opportunity not to be labeled as such? Okay, that's a that's a fair question. And a lot of the terminologies that are assigned to women in particular is meant to control and designed by men or a patriarchal society. And all this conversation is very normal for us because we're anthropologists, so we can look at that in in a very more scientific kind of way without it being too personal. And also for Indonesians as well, that labeling has become um, an issue where uh, many genders are perceived as women with who, who are in precarious uh, financial situation. And so it is very likely that for a gender to become somebody who would steal or snag someone else's husband or take on, or basically, oh my God, there's not enough men to marry. You know, um, now there's an, yet another competition of a woman who is out there, who is so desperate and would be willing to do anything to snag someone's husband or an eligible man, God forbid, to snag an eligible young man who would never been married. But because what about the virgins? Anya, who is gonna marry them?
0: How, how does that uh, play in your in your life, for instance, and in the life of, of the other people who are listening to this podcast? Do, well, do, the, does, does, are, they, are they seen as dangerous? Did your social life change when you became a genre because of other women, not because of other men? Did you, did you perceive a change in your relationships with some of your married friends, for instance?
1: No. So it, it, my relationship, I have a lot of male friends. And so my relationship with my male friends had changed long before I got divorced. But when they got married, it changed because their wives um, don't feel comfortable about their husbands having a female friend. So that's more of that issue. So if that relationship had ended with my friendships had changed prior to that, uh, you know, prior to my divorce, it, it had already ended because they got married. My relationship with my female friends don't change because we don't do, so my relationship with my female friends don't mix with their husband. So it's not like many situations where there's tons of double dates or my ex-husband and I went out with my girlfriend and her um, and her husband, so that there's that kind of that kind of kinship. It's in my personal experience, no one has ever disrespected me because of my gender status. But that's not speaking for all the genders that's out there. There are sure. many different experiences. That's from that, sure. from poor to being treated terribly. You know why the reason why I had this podcast to begin with, and I did not shy away from that terminology of gender. gender somebody wants to assign you a label calling you Janda, and in, in if that's their worldview, that that's negative. My worldview being agenda, is not negative. So I'm gonna empower that terminology by showing everyone what is an honorable single mother can look like, what is um, an agenda that who's a female preneur um, can do, what are their stories like. So you just introduce your version of the positive female Janda that you want out there And so instead of saying, oh, I don't identify with it, I can't be labeled that because I don't wanna be perceived as um, economically um, disempowered, that I am somebody who is out to snag someone else's husband or man. I would say, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with my life. There's nothing wrong with my story. And these are an example. And on my podcast, I often have many gender guests and I say, look at them. They're all amazing women with incredible life stories and they should be remembered and recognize for those positive attributes. These are the kinds of genders that you should know and they're and they're good genders, and they sh- you should know them for that. And I have a lot of friends. Ah, yeah. From a, yeah, from a pure marketing point of view, janda yeah. janda
0: is brilliant. Okay, it's brilliant. For all oh, the reasons you. you just explained, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, um, it probably would take a fairly confident woman to think that that was a good idea, but you are obviously a very confident woman with a very, very good self-image. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree that not all of us, especially new janda are, are not, um, not yeah. there
1: yet. Yeah. Uh, and so
0: you're doing a very positive thing mm. and, and I applaud you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And so that's why I also want to show people that um, there are so many different stories and what in, in the interview that I have with Iron is that I want people to understand that we are not supposed to be remembered only as our late husband's gender. We have our own thriving lives. So life is short to make the most out of it. And to always every day ask yourself, am I making the most of today? Am I making the most out of my life? Because the contrast of having someone that you love passed away prematurely is a a very stark reminder of how precious your life is. And, you know, I I would even Edit that comment because mm-hmm. I was
0: 68 when my husband died, and that's certainly not "quote unquote" prematurely. But it was certainly prematurely in my life. Um, I expected to grow old with this person, mm-hmm. and he died. Uh, and so, whether you're a widow at you know 35 or a widow at 68, I'm not sure that it's not you know something that's life changing in both cases, mm-hmm. and in terms of self perception, who you are, who you are to yourself. Uh, one of the things I love about Indonesia is the fact that so many women do not change their name when they get married. OK, so you keep your name and I, it's been confusing to me who's married to who because we don't sometimes use surnames uh, that they're the same. So you don't actually know people who are mm-hmm. married in the West. Of course, we had to give up our surname to take on mm-hmm. our husband's name, mm-hmm. which creates a, a, a real quote unquote divorce from everybody you've ever known, because anybody looking for Fran Bowden, who I was in my early life before I got married, is not going to find me on the Internet because my name is now Francis Afandi. Uh, Indonesian women don't have that. And I, uh, it spoke loudly to me about female identity. In Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Also the fact that in Bahasa Indonesia doesn't use uh, gender pronouns. Everybody is dia. Yeah. We do kakak adik. We, we do differentiate role places in our family, but right. not gender. And that spoke loudly to me, also linguistically, mm-hmm. as gender is not as important as age as, as where we are in a hierarchy. And again, as an anthropologist, it spoke very wi- wild, very loudly to me uh, mm-hmm. to understand where the cultural values were uh, mm-hmm. in Sunda or in Indonesia.
1: Right. So the, that's um for everyone who's also listening. So France is kind of a, an American Sundanese American or American Sundanese, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not sure either. <laughs> which which direction it is. Um yeah. she loves um Sundanese food and she's a Sundanese um, um I I would say Sundanese Janda because you have that story about how you had the Muslim tradition of burial and how your neighbors um, gathered and rallied um, and helped you with the burial process and took care of you, particularly in the first 40 days. And which is a very, it's a, that's a very common um, tradition in, in Indonesia, not just in Sunda, but in, in all of Indonesia, particularly the first 40 days. A lot of people in, in Indonesia are obsessed with wealth and being wealthy and showing off, being flashy. And I think it sometimes it comes at the expense of just losing so much common sense. Um, and I think that's been sort of our biggest challenge as a growing nation of just like, have some common sense. Is it, you know, when you hear in the news about corruption stories, and then what do they do with the corruption money? They buy a bike and they buy a fancy handbag. Really, that's what you chose to do with money that you stole from the people, just to buy another handbag that you already have. <laughs>
0: Tanya, that's a different podcast, but I would love to address that because I, I'm sort of into chacoop and always have been. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, I, I've always had Chakoop, so that's great. But I don't know what people do with their millions and billions and trillions, and how many houses you need and how much clothing you need and how many cars you need. Mm-hmm. I, I've never understood it. My My values are in... In different things um i love talking to people i love getting life stories i love hearing how people have solved some of life's mysteries I mm-hmm. like talking with you about this um and so i don't i really don't understand it i, I truly don't and i speak very loudly to my students in school uh about ethics because mm-hmm. i truly believe indonesia is is a fabulous place with right. wonderful cultural values and traditions and we have got to get straight with the stupid corruption because it's just keeping us all back from being and realizing this group of people who are extraordinary in the world. Um, and it, it makes me very sad. It makes me very sad. Uh, our generation didn't do it. Your generation's not doing such a hot job. And so I'm talking to 20-year-olds about, you know, okay, save us because uh, if this, this culture is
1: worth saving. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that that's a um, conversation for a different podcast, because at the very heart of like the Dendabagenda podcast is also about economic independence uh, for the followers and the listeners. And part of yeah. the understanding of like, what is that? What does that mean? What does that look like to be economically independent? You know, is, yeah. is it just the, the fact that you have health care, the fact that you have a roof over your head, that you always have food for your children, your ch- you can afford education for your children um, and all those things. Yeah. And it's not. It's also not wrong about you wanting to have the finer things in life, but at what point is the limit and at what yeah. point before it becomes a rat race that you feel like nothing is enough. The other thing that you always that you said earlier, the keyword that you said is, "I'm always berkecukupan." And that idea, that concept of what is the 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 threshold for cukup,
0: hmm. and
1: what is the because that is sort of the the benchmark of what what line will you cross before you say I have I saya berkecukupan I have enough. So what line will that will you cross before? You know, that becomes um, the things that is between halal or not halal and, you know, things like that.
0: I agree. And it's it's a a line. I don't know where it is uh, because I don't know how long I'm going to live. I don't know what my needs might be. And so that that is the area where things get thorny. Um, I know my husband and I uh, differed on what we decided to or thought we should watch to our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of Sudanese family who felt that they needed to give their kids a college education and a house and maybe Mm -hmm. a car. And mm-hmm. then, then they were on their own. My parents said to us, two years, university, wherever you want to go, all expenses paid. And after that, you will find a way. Okay? If you want to finish your education, you will find a way. Uh, and so that was, and then they said, don't expect us to leave, leave you anything. Uh, they did leave us things, but they didn't feel it was a responsibility to give us a four-year college education or a house or anything else. Uh, yes, they were always there for backup. Uh, but David mm-hmm. felt from a Sundanese male point of view, he needed to set his kids up. And he and I discussed it often because it was a very different view of, mm-hmm. of what our responsibility to our children were. Mm-hmm. And we expressed this to the kids. We said, your father, Sundanese man feels this way and your mother, American woman feels this way and it's going to be somewhere in the middle and you guys are going to have to sort it out what, you, what your own values are. Here are the two examples and you sort it out. But the idea of how long you're going to live, how much is to coop, is, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the question. Um, but it's not, it, the great wealth is not the goal because I know I don't need great wealth. Mm-hmm. I need enough to have. I have baby to ask. I feel good about that. Uh, unlike an American that doesn't have health care, I do in Indonesia. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I have a house that's mostly functional. Uh, I have to do repairs on it and all that kind of thing. But Everybody I'm not supporting does. My kids yeah, I know. Uh, and I'm not supporting yeah. my kids anymore. Mm-hmm. And they don't expect it. And I said to them, my great hope is that I never have to come to you with a need, with a financial need. Please give me money. I don't have any. I want to be that independent. That's to cool for me.
1: But where well, that line is, I don't well you have you're also in the very enviable position of still having work i mean yes. and i would say enviable because there are a lot of women who wish that they still have work at in their 70s so that they can always be independent from their children maybe there are some you know i, I speak maybe maybe this is um uh, the worldview that i have that's a little bit too westernized maybe i'm not sure or maybe it's very indonesian i'm not sure either that there are women who expect their children to um on their um, elder years, but that's because a lot of that is they don't have any work. They haven't had any work. There's a lot of women who give up working uh, to to take care of their children. And sometimes that's inevitable because if they if they continue to work, they weren't making enough money to have proper childcare. So I, I've been in that position where I had to, where I was in the United States. And if I continued to work, basically the cost of uh, childcare was so expensive I'd be basically just having most much of my salary, most of that going to childcare when I could just be taking care of my own daughter, yeah. and which I did that. So yeah. I do understand uh, about how women yeah. who leave their jobs in order to take care of their children, I'm not maligning them for that decision at all. But again, yeah. your economic independence is what have allowed you to feel And I think if there's ever any message to, to the followers or to the listeners of the podcast is that if you don't want to feel dependent on others, then become independent. Then you need to figure out for yourself how to become independent. You are as smart as anyone else. You have as, as much resources as everyone else. Now the world, the uh, playing field is level. Everybody who has a smartphone can figure out different ways to earn a living through, um, the, the world is really, it's an open universe for you. So, um, I mean, we, we should all be so lucky to be like you. Sorry, what's yeah. that? I, to a certain extent, I don't want women to
0: feel, or people listening to you, to feel bad because they can't figure it out. Um, um, that's, that's the one problem with, with, with what we're saying here is that everybody figures it out. And just because you have a smartphone doesn't necessarily mean you're going to figure it out. So, um,
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's because they haven't had the the, the steps on to, on to figure it out. And what it is, I think is also a lot of women haven't had the encouragement that they're That'll... able to discover their true passion, their true talents. Yeah. And there's very sharp criticism um, from ourselves. You know, like when when we do something, oh, I didn't do that um, well enough or uh, I'm, I'm cooking for the family now. And there's a lot of sharp criticism, even for myself about my cooking, but also sharp criticism from my family members about how, how well or not well I cook. So, and that can be discouraging. And That's a very simple and very basic example of how um, we should be kinder to one another. We should be gentler with ourselves. And so with much encouragement, with a lot of self-reflection, I think most people most women can discover what their true talents are and what they're passionate about and become useful for themselves or become more empowered. There's so many different stories that we can have seen about that. I mean, my favorite Janda story, of course, is J.K. Rowling, you know, the ultimate Janda, where she was a victim of um, um, domestic abuse with her first husband, with, and then who was told repeatedly the emotional abuse, that physical emotional abuse that she was told repeatedly she was worthless. And then when she wrote the book, that book didn't have um, a home uh, in terms of, of her, a publishing house. And it wasn't until her that knows how many of, um, publisher before that book got published, that is now Harry Potter series. And this is absolutely um, a reminder to us all. We're not all JK Rowling. I understand that they also don't right. want to be Talumuluk with the idea, but that's a, a very good example of how even from somebody who was beaten down emotionally, being told that she was not good enough for anything. To becoming very great at what she does, you know, which is writing. So, yeah, I don't I mean, think that this, I don't mean to cool say that economics. anybody who's like feeling right now haven't discovered themselves should feel bad about themselves. No, that's not what I'm right. saying at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the economics have kept a lot of women for. Thousands and thousands of years uh, in bad marriages, in abusive situations because right. of economics. And so this idea of getting an education and becoming a, 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 a independent, financially independent, also psychologically independent. Yes, uh, able to to um kind of our worldviews and to feel good about our values. So independent in that way as well. Uh, is essential, and that's mm-hmm. essential for everybody, men and women, both, uh, to 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 get to a level of uh, economics where they're not dependent, where they're not dependent on, on on anybody else, on their parents, on their kids, on their husbands, on their friends, um, and and that's the challenge. I, I totally agree with it. Yeah,
1: fantastic. <laughs> well, so I remember
0: go a conversation with my husband about divorce and about uh, adoption of children and whatnot. And he was telling me about the story of Muhammad and how Muhammad protected widows and, and orphans uh, often by marrying them because in the society at that time, that was the way you did it. But this again was this was economic protection and social protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're still getting there. We're still getting there. And, and women are still coping with how to become independent so that they don't have to stay in abusive relationships, whether they be parental relationships or children relationships or, or husbands. Yeah. And that's still the key to, to being happy. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So oh, Yeah. So that's pretty much um, the gist of Denda agenda. <laughs> We've just summed it all up. And everybody, you know, I, I I wish that um if you're listening to Francis and then you find the different stories that is presented on the on the show that you find inspiration. Um Francis guru di Sorry, what, what do you teach again in, in the marketing?
0: Yes, I teach two classes. I teach introduction to marketing, which is uh, a semester on um, uh, the fourth semester students, and then I teach an eighth semester just Kids are getting ready to graduate in what's called services marketing. And that's marketing intangibles, marketing ideas, marketing services. Um, yeah. How do we sell something you can't touch or feel like a podcast uh, or like a political idea or like a belief? How do yeah. we market that? Because it's different than goods, right? It's different right. than marketing. a car. Uh, It's a great class. It's always fun. Um, I have a great group of students um, and I have students who are majoring in marketing and students who are majoring in finance and students who are majoring um, uh, even in civil engineering in my class because they realize if they're going to be an architect they're still going to have to know how do they sell their services and so some of those students come to me as well to, to learn how do we put forward ideas saleable ideas to sell intangible services for instance it's it's a, it's a fun class.
1: Wow yeah. we should all be taking that class. There you go we should be yeah. My god <laughs> that is um. I almost think now that's a skill that everybody needs to have.
0: Yeah, it it is. It is. How do we put forward our ideas that people would would take on and uh, buy our products? How do we we call it positioning? How do we put forward our product in such a way that it becomes desirable for somebody Mm -hmm. to purchase?
1: Yeah, amazing. Wonderful. Do You ever think about putting your classes online? Or putting...
0: They're all online right now since COVID.
1: Everything is online. No, uh, is I mean, only... like, as in, like, you, sh- you should sell your classes. You should have courses yeah, um, yeah, available I'm, online.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm essentially a very lazy person. And so I think there are many places in my life where I could have been making a lot of money if I had just put in the effort. But again, okay. I needed to coo and I'm very lazy. So, yeah, I, no, I haven't actually thought of that.
1: Well, maybe, so I time. My maybe my next time. career. Exactly. Well, not even next year, but maybe next, uh, next project is just a, a, it's a project. It's just a project. Wonderful. All right, then. Well, thank you, Francis. I apologize for the technical difficulty earlier that we had earlier in the there show, there we go. but we're, we made it. We made it to the end. We did, Tanya. Thank you very much. This was fun. If you made it this far, and if you like today's episode or have questions or comments, go ahead and send me a DM. Thank you for listening and goodbye for now.